Hey everyone, welcome back to the Ball and Breakfast podcast. I'm Patrick Miller alongside Wayne Pua. Uh, we are, you know, through the weekend, we had a, a fun interview with Steph- Stefano Montali. He's a journalist and uh, producer based in Berlin. Um, if you did not see any of the, you know, the reels that we had put together or, you know, the episodes itself, whether in audio or video, you know, go to Instagram and check it out. Or you can find us uh, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, YouTube for video. Um, we're we're all over the place. Um, you know, subscribe to our stuff, comment, like, and uh, also check out Stefano's website at stefanomontali.com, as well as uh, some of his recent articles, which we've you know put online for you to check out too. Uh, he's really doing some great stuff abroad, and we we're you know just happy to have him. Uh, Wayne, did you have any just thoughts from the weekend session with Stefano overall? I mean, I think it's just great. You know, he seems like a very uh, a well traveled person, but also uh, very eclectic. Uh, you know, thoughts, uh, just all the different perspectives he's amounted. I think in his career, so very fun, interesting person uh, to chat with. And glad we got it. We were able to do that, and hope hope you all enjoyed that. Uh, we'd love to hear if there's any uh, suggestions uh, from you know, uh, people that you, you think that we would we ought to be reaching out to or talking with, but. Um, yeah, we're looking uh, forward to you know maybe having some other people on here. So if you have any suggestions or if you yourself want to talk, uh, hey, shoot us a message. Happy to uh, chat with you about, you know, what we can talk about. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, with that, um, you know, in the rear view now, we're going to move right back into sports the way we, tr- you know, traditionally do it on this show. Uh, we're going to kick it off the World Series uh, coming up this Friday. Uh, we have the Houston Astros um, representing the American League. And the Philadelphia Phillies actually pulling it out and winning the pennant in the NL. Um, they'll be in the World Series as well on the road to start. But uh, Wayne, did you have any, you know, predictions or you know perhaps thoughts from the championship series uh, for either team as we kind of, you know, move closer to crowning a champion and being done with baseball for twenty twenty, you know, twenty twenty two. Yeah, uh, I mean, for me, uh, I think in terms of a winner. Uh, for the World Series, uh, I got to pick with the Phillies actually on this. You know, I they have some mojo. They have a song too, uh, so it's hard to, you know, they got dan- dancing on my own, uh, which is a cover. Uh, you know, uh, so with uh, Caleb Scott and uh, Tiesto, that version I think is what they've been playing. Um, the the cover of from Robin's original version. Uh, I did not know this, but like Caleb uh, Scott apparently one I think was a British. Uh, that the British, uh, whatever Simon Cowell is on these days, and all that. I think British Britain's got talent. So, and then d- use the cover from Robin in order to do that. So, I because of the Phillies and because of all this, I, that's literally what I've been playing for the past like uh, several days as I anticipate uh, the World Series going forward. So, um, you know, I think their bullpen has been. I, that was my biggest doubt uh, going into the playoffs for them. You know, I knew that they had the hitting, but their pitching has showed up. Uh, you know, every player is kind of contributed in that sense. And, you know, uh, with a couple of days rest and everything for the starting pitching and the staff, I feel like, you know, uh, they're, they're, they're two headed monster in the top of the rotation with Wheeler and Noah uh, and Noah, like those, those two will be great. I think heading into uh, the playoffs and obviously or in the world series. And obviously like they're going to be going against Justin Verlander and, and, you know, all the pitchers that they have, you know, so it's like, and they, they've been pitching really well, but I feel like, there's just so much momentum, I think, riding with the Phillies. Uh, it's just hard to stop, um, even though the Astros look really good. They have been playing dominant baseball, I think, all 
playoffs. But all right, enough of me. Can you tell me I'm crazy uh, or, you know, just because I'm listening to the song or do you think the Astros will take this? I don't think you're crazy. Um, you'd be crazy if uh, we were, you know, walking into the prediction uh, episode and you just pick the Phillies out of nowhere to go all the way because at the beginning of all this, I think we were a little bit more bearish on the team itself. I mean, not to count them out, you know, before it happened because I think we were kind of like, well, in a devil's advocate scenario against the Cardinals, you know, this team has – two really nice, you know, starting pitchers to kick it off. They've got a pretty veteran offensive squad. It just kind of comes down to that bullpen. And uh, surprisingly enough, that bullpen's done, you know, pretty great job to this point. I mean, you have, you know, Alvarado, the lefty in the pen, just a flamethrower, Sir Anthony Dominguez, besides, you know, game five and, you know, some of the wetness that was coming out of the ball and, you know, the wild pitches has been pretty lights out. And then, you know, David Robertson's just, you know, a true veteran back there, um, you know, getting up there in age and kind of took some time away from baseball and in America to, uh, you know, uh, either he took like a hiatus of retirement or I think he might've even gone overseas for a little bit, but he's back. He looks pretty good. It's just kind of like now that they've, you know, gotten into a groove, they've, you know, built up this momentum. They're, you're pulling out all the stops and all these games, like big comeback, you know, victories and stuff. It's like, it's a ton of fun and, and they're in the zone right now. Um, all that being said, man, I'm going with the Astros. I I I hate the Astros. Let me put that out there. I hate the Astros. <laughs> I don't want I don't want anything good coming to that squad. I mean, I do I do have a soft spot for Dusty Baker because you know that guy's been in you know big series after big series throughout his career, whether it's been in the World Series or Championship Series or playoffs or whatever, and he's always come up short. So the silver lining in all this is if the Astros do you know happen to win. You get Dusty, uh, you know, ring, and I think that would be just an amazing thing for him at this stage of, you know, his managerial career. Um, He deserves it for sure. Um, But, you know, outside of that, I don't know. It's just they they haven't lost. They haven't lost in the playoffs yet. So, you know, the Phillies have been just as, you know, almost just as dominant. It's just kind of like, man, I, I just, this team doesn't have holes. And, you know, maybe it's this idea of like if the Phillies look themselves in the mirrors and they say, you know, we don't know if we'll be back next year. We don't know if we'll be back the year after that. So like this is it. It's now or never. You know, maybe that kind of inspiration, you know, helps pull that out, you know, pull out the whole series. Astros have been there for the this is their fourth time in six years being in it. Maybe it seemed like that, you know, like the Atlanta Braves, like the Cleveland Indians of the 90s. It's like they show up. You know, they've been there enough, so they know what it's about. They can get there. But, you know, when it comes time to just, like, getting over the hump, it's, it's like, extra hard for a team like that to just, you know, put the nail in the coffin. But I think this is the year. Um, yeah, it's very boring. I just – I love their offense. Their starting pitch has no holes, and their bullpen is pretty much one of the best in the big leagues. They got a great manager, got a lot of veterans, and they've just been – winning every game since they've gotten in and they had one of the best records in the league. And I know we talked about stats and all this other stuff, advanced stuff, like none of this stuff really does matter, but at the end of the day, I'm just looking at the talent and uh, you know, the own, their own streak that they've been on too. And I'm, I'm going to have to side with Houston in this one. Yeah. Could you, so yeah, if they go the complete uh, playoffs and world series without losing, like, are they like, the greatest team ever or something like, you know, well, you know, we talked about it. I, I think uh, like the, you know, Oh five white Sox where they only lost one game. And it's like, 
you know, that, that squad never gets enough credit. You know, we always feel it because, you know, that starting pitching squad, like, you know, they had those uh, back-to-backs with like complete games and everything. And it's like, you know, the way that they're, I mean, obviously that's probably not going to happen just the, the nature of the beasts of today's game. Right. But like with the Astros and what they've been able to do, like going against the Yankees and taking them out, like sweeping them. Uh, and then also, you yeah, know, the Mariners, it's like, how, how can we not give them some credit, uh, you know, to as like one of the be- better, one of the best playoff teams uh, possibly out there? Um, I mean, is that too much to say, you think, or what? It depends on what they do. Uh, you know, do I see this being a, a four game sweep? Um, man, not offhand, but, you know, would I be completely shocked? No. Uh, I'm kind of leaning more toward. I'm gonna. I, I might go back to my five games and call it five for me. But um, again, that's just a prediction. I don't think that's like what I think. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what the odds makers are doing for this series. But but what do you think? Like initial gut reaction of series and game length and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's it is gonna be interesting. I think they're gonna like they, the Astros have always been like a very analytical team, and I think that's where. You know, even though uh, the Phillies, uh, you know, with batting like Kyle Schwarber at leadoff, like that's very much like the modern day analytics of like, you know, we don't care about speed or whatever. Does he get on base and, you know, can he uh, score some runs or whatever or drive in some runs? Like kind of like, you know, how the Yankees did with Aaron Judge, you know, kind of batting leadoff for a little bit there. Right. Um, so they're very much kind of like advanced in that. So it's almost this is almost like, uh, you know, two squads that take uh, you know, DNA analytics like kind of seriously in that sense. Um, but I think it is great that Dusty Baker's kind of embraced that. Like he was always kind of like that player's coach, uh, you know, it was no- notable to have like what Mark Pryor in the eighth inning and everything there. So uh, very much kind of going against the grain with regards to, uh, you know, what would be today like modern day analytics and, and pitching and, and pitch counts and stuff. So, um, you know, I, for me at least, it's like that left-handed uh, hitting, I think for the, the Phillies is what stands out with, uh, with Schwarber. And then also with uh, uh, Bryce Harper, who's having like, you know, one of the best like playoffs anybody could possibly imagine, you know, um, having that go ahead Homer, um, you know, in the last series and everything like that was such a clutch moment. And I think, you know, riding all that momentum and, and, you know, there's also like one thing of like, you know, teams that really don't go through as much of that struggle, I feel like, uh, it's like once they hit that bit of adversity against like a, re- a really hot team like the Phillies, like they don't necessarily know what to do or how to re- react or they're, they're just not used to it mentally or, yeah, within the game of baseball. So, and that's where I see it's like the Phillies, they've been battling it out and, you know, they've been taking out teams. So, you know, that's where I'm like, I feel like they, they just have a lot of, um, uh, for lack of a better term, swag uh, for them, you know, and I guess it's like, wait, do I like Bryce Harper now? I think that's what I'm kind of dealing with. Uh, he's definitely kind of had a, an up and down career and, you know, came out, came in like as a, you know, kind of a cocky person when he was with the the nationals and everything. And now it's like, Oh, he seems like he's mellowed out and like his enthusiasm has really just turned to like excitement, I think for the game. And, you know, I'm all for that. So I think that's my, my biggest thing is like, the left-handed hitting for the Phillies going against the, you know, kind of predominantly right, right-handed uh, squad or uh, pitching staff for the Astros uh, and the bullpen too. So that's kind of where I'm thinking at. And um, yeah, just the timeliness of uh, the Phillies overall um, with their bullpen. That's just been, they've, you know, really showed up there 
Um, and I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens, I think, with the Astros and their hitting. You know, they've had their up and downs, but obviously, you know, they've had more ups than downs. So, yeah. Yeah, I think, um, you know, number one with the pitching staff, you're right. Framber Valdez is the only lefty on the Astros uh, active roster that can, you know, go out there. I don't know. I mean, he was such a good starting pitcher that I'm sure they're lining him up for one of the first couple of games of the, of the series, maybe after Verlander. But, um, you know, you're right. If Harper and Schwarber and, you know, some of those other lefties, uh, you know, just start to, you know, get, get hot again. And in, in this, you know, world series could be kind of tough to put them away. If you're only, you know, bringing out righties, you know, as dominant or as good as they have been throughout the regular season, postseason, et cetera. It's just, you know, it's an advantage that I think the Phillies might have, um, you know, somewhat, but uh, I guess overall, when I think about this series, it reminds me of 2007, um, the Colorado Rockies won a one game playoff against the Padres and then rolled through the division series and the championship series. I don't think they lost a game. I think they swept their entire way through and they had to wait a full week to uh, wait for the Boston Red Sox. And I believe it was the Yankees at the time going at it for the American League Championship Series. And uh, the Red Sox were playing that entire week while the Rockies were on ice. And by the time they got to the World Series, I think it was Red Sox in in four, maybe. Uh, It might have been a full sweep. But uh, this reminds me a little bit about that. I mean, I know both teams are taking this break now to, you know, take almost like a full week for, you know, the fact that these championship series wrapped up so quick that, you know, the Astros have, have gotten a buy in that first round, so they know what it's like to just be waiting. I don't know if the Phillies have felt that experience yet of just being like, we're bringing all of our momentum every single night to the next day and, you know, stringing these wins together and, and whatnot. And, uh, you know, I think that's one thing. But uh, the other part is the Astros have faced a bit of adversity going through the first couple rounds. I mean, the first game of the entire playoffs for them, you know, hosting the Mariners, they felt you know, pretty deep into a hole. And, you know, as we remembered, you know, Bregman had a big two-run home run and Jordan had the uh, the walk-off. I believe the next night, you know, Jordan got him, you know, from behind back into, you know, the lead in game two. And then, you know, they played that long, uh, I want to say 18-inning game out on the road in Seattle and, you know, pulled that one off. And uh, I believe there are two games in the championship series where the Astros were trailing and, and again, found their way back in and, you know, game four, Jeremy Pena at the three-run home run to get them back in the game. So, uh, man, I don't know. It's it's just like, you know, the Phillies, yeah, they don't look like they can be stopped. But then I just looked over at the Astros side of things, and I'm like, they haven't they haven't been as, uh, as like, what do you, like, bubbly. They haven't been as, like, uh, surprising. It hasn't been as, like, you know, captivating in a lot of ways because it's the Houston Astros. They've just been there. But it's just, like it's just been by the book. They just, they just been ready and been, um, you know, doing their jobs. Yeah. I, I, I just like the Phillies attitude. I don't know what it is. And I've never liked the Phillies uh, really. So <laughs> this is kind of new to me. Like, you know, even though you know, like, like one of my favorite pitchers are like Ray Halliday. Right. Um, so like, I, I definitely cheered, I think when he was with them, but you know, uh, yeah, other than that, you know, it was like, okay, I guess the Phillies, you know, with the Rollins squad and everything, Ryan Howard, uh, Utley, but then, you know, uh, this team though, for whatever reason, they kind of they just have some moxie, and, and I'm all for it. Um, you know, Alec Bohm too. Like there was that whole situation, right, where the fans they're like kind of booing him a little bit, and he and he kind of was like, ah, I, 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 like I hate this place or something. And they're like, oh, you know, we'll cheer for you now or whatever because you're you were honest with us. 
uh, and everything. And I think that's like what Philly fans appreciate. So I don't know. There, it just seems like there's a lot of like things, you know, maybe more on the sentimental side. Like I feel like the baseball gods are for them. And that's where I'm like, man, you know, if there's any good juju out there from the baseball perspective, it's like, not the Astros, please. Like, <laughs> you know. yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm I'm all for the fills, and and yeah. like you, I'm also not like a huge fan. Like, I don't know if that's an NL thing. I usually root for the AL team just because that's our league, and I always root for them in All Star games and stuff. But yeah, there is a lot of uh, you know players to like on that team. I think there's a lot of guys that you know deserve a title, deserve a chance to you know compete for a World Series. I mean, Bryce definitely comes to mind. I mean, I, I didn't necessarily like him out of the gate in his career. I just kind of thought he was cocky and this and that, and, and seen a couple of games in Washington with him, but uh, you know, in general uh, you know, he seems like he's really evolved and, you know, matured and he's, he's, he's stepping out as a true leader in that clubhouse. He just seems like a genuinely good guy uh, these days. So like, you know, if he can do it, if he can get over the hump and, you know, get a title and, you know, not have to live in, you know, all sorts of regret for leaving Washington after, uh, you know, 2018, um, you know, they'd be great for him. Yeah. It, it just seems like they're having a lot of fun. I mean, I mean, who isn't having fun? I think the Astros are having fun too, but it just seems like they're having a lot of awesome fun. And, you know, I, that's where I'm, I'll be cheering in this world series um, uh, uh, for the Phillies, I think uh, for, in this case. So um, I feel like there ought to be like a bet going on here or something. Like yeah. That. What's yeah. I was thinking, uh, I was I was thinking a shot of some kind, and uh, maybe on the set, maybe uh, maybe a, a special Chicago l- liquor that we both uh, despise. I, I don't know. What do you think, Wayne? Well, like Malort or something. Like Malort? <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you you, you want to do Malort? Um, you can do some Malort. Yeah. Whoever <laughs> is it, the winner gets the more. I don't know. Yeah. The loser gets more, right? So something like yeah, that. I, I think the loser, a shot of Malort for the loser would be would be good. Um, what do you think? Are we are we putting this on the board? Yeah, let's put it on the board. Uh, yeah, whoever. Uh, I, then, yeah, then I have to figure out what to do with the rest of the Malort. But yeah, uh, figure, <laughs> let's uh, whoever whoever's team uh, loses, uh, uh, then the person has to get a shot of more. So Astros, <laughs> when they lose, um, you'll have to take a shot of more. That sounds good. I've got some uh, Dutch apple pie left to uh, chase it with, so <laughs> that'll be good. But um, what is your, uh, just before we close on this, what is your prediction for the games and how do you think the series is going to go? I just want to hear. Yeah, I think uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking uh, it's probably going to go uh, six games is what I, is what I anticipate. Um, you know, it's going to be, I think, a battle, but, with the, the starting pitching for the Phillies, um, you know, they, they just, in my opinion, like, yeah, they don't have necessarily have the depth as uh, in terms of their pitching as the Astros. So it's going to be, a, I think uh, kind of a battle uh, or kind of a struggle for like with the bullpen side. So, you know, game three, game four, game five, maybe that's definitely where I feel like it's going to be much more of, you know, maybe four or five innings, if that, from the starting pitching. And then hopefully then the Phillies, like, bullpen can take it from there. Um, so I'm anticipating, though, yeah, uh, six games. Uh, and probably I'm – I, I w- what I want Harper Harper to win the World Series MVP, you know, maybe. I Like, honestly, like, he seems like he's earned it, kind of went through that whole, like, character arc. Maybe as, like, a, you know, fan of, like, some sort of, you know, baseball mythology or whatever. I think that that could be great for him. 
Um, or Schwarber, I think, could be a good one. Or, hey, you know, honestly, though, if if the Phillies are probably going to win the series, it's probably have to, be, have to be their pitching that steps up. So, you know, maybe Wheeler or Noah, Noah um, uh, step up and uh, just pitch out uh, like lights out. So, but yeah, anticipating that and probably going to see a good showing too from Verlander. So I don't know if the first game, uh, uh, which I'm thinking he's probably slated for, I'm not sure if, they're, <laughs> if the Phillies are going to be able to win that, but I'm thinking for the rest, yeah, they'll, they'll be able to kind of split and then, um, and then, you know, eventually close it out uh, in Philly, which I think will be wild. And I want to hear that song and uh, with like all that ecstasy happening, I feel like going around. So, yeah. For sure. All right. Well, we'll see where this goes. Uh, we got about a week and a half to figure out how the dust will settle here. I have time to ship uh, Wayne some alert and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see it from there. But uh, anyways, uh, moving on. Next subject. We've got basketball. NBA is back. Uh, it's a few games in so far to this season. Um, but in good spirits and how we've done for the other you know, major professional sports, we wanted to put together a, a preview and predictions you know, segment here. Um, you know, we have the Eastern Conference, the Western Conference, obviously. Uh, Wayne and I have both split those up. Um, I'm going to take the East. Wayne will take the West, and we'll both react to what we're saying. And we'll uh, round this out with awards and uh, a champion, um, you know, representing both leagues. So uh, without further ado, um, perhaps I'll just kick it off with the Eastern Conference. Um, I think what I'm going to do is work my way up from the play-in tournament up to number one. Um, I listed out 10 teams that I think, you know, will make up the the playoffs for the Eastern Conference. And, uh, you know, I seeded it all the way down to the last team in the league, but, um, you know, I'll just go from, from 10 up. So I think number 10 for me is the New York Knicks. I think bringing over Jalen Brunson uh, to be, you know, paired up with, you know, Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, and a team that's, you know, pretty well coached with Tom Thibodeau. Got some exciting young depth off the bench with Quickly, uh, Grimes. You got Derrick Rose still around, Toppin. I think it's a it's a well-balanced, um, you know, good, good like, you know, grinding type depth team that, you know, will win enough games throughout the year to get their record to a respectable level, uh, given how competitive I think the East will be this year. So I'll just start there. For number nine, I'm going to go with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I know this may sound like a shocker because they just brought over the spider and everyone's like, you know, real excited about it and, and this and that. And, uh, you know, I think their starting lineup is really nice. I think Darius Garland with, you know, Spida. And then you have, um, you've got, you know, Jared Allen. You've got, um, you know, their, their key power forward. I'm, you know, dropping names, Wayne, if you know. Mobley. Evan Mobley. Yeah. Evan Mobley um, and Isaac Okoro uh, as well, um, kind of rounding out that five. I feel like right after that, I get a little bit nervous. I think I might have talked about this earlier on with, you know, defense, how that's going to work with two very small, you know, guards. And then just kind of looking at the bench depth, I don't get very excited about what else they can bring off the bench. I mean, they traded a lot of their depth to the Jazz, um, you know, to bring over Donovan Mitchell. So, you know, with that, I think a, a good team with some good, you know, future ahead. But I think they're just going to need to take maybe an extra season to to really build the depth that they need um, to be a true, um, you know, Eastern Conference contender. Um, at number eight, I put the Miami Heat. I think that, you know, we talked to Stefano and, you know, a lot of excitement was out there about, you know, their chances this year. But just from a, 
organizational standpoint, you know, to lose PJ Tucker, to not really do a whole lot in the offseason. Uh, Oladipo is back, you know, and injured. Um, you know, Tyler Hero is having to step up now and playing shooting guard. I just feel like they're going in with a little less depth. You got another year on Kyle Lowry, Jimmy. Um, I think Bam's still in his prime, but it's like, I just don't know how good this team can be, you know, with maybe a little less depth and then a little less star power at the top. I feel like, you know, after the play-in tournament, their team has kind of slowly started to descend. Not to say that they're a bad team or to say that they're not, you know, still going to be, you know, well above 500. I just get a little skeptical about their upside. And uh, to round off the playoff tournament, we can stop there. I got number seven, our Chicago Bulls. Um, You know, obviously no disrespect, you know, to what I think they have on paper. I think I get a little nervous in how this team's going to stay together for 82 games. Um, Definitely don't like Lonzo Ball starting off injured. You know, Levine has been out so far. Um, You know, I I like the bench depth. I like bringing over Drummond and Dragic and, um, you know, AO, I think, is a great uh, candidate for a guy who can take a major leap in a like kind of like a most improved or six man capacity. Um, don't really know what we're going to do with Kobe White throughout the year. So that gives me a little bit of pause whether or not a trade is coming or something of the sort, or if he can find, you know, a true role behind Caruso um, and AO. So um, like what they have, but just like, you know, kind of uh, chilling my expectations out because I just, I, I can't really see them. Uh, usurping any of the top six that I have here on my board. But uh, let me stop there. And Wayne, do you have any thoughts on the the seven to 10 seeds? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to go against them, I feel like. You know, with the the Cavs, I definitely agree with regards to, it. it you know, it's a definitely a wings league. And it's great that they have, you know, Mobley, um, you know, who's kind of at that four or five tweener spot. Uh, and, you know, Jared Allen, like they, they had success last year. Um, and obviously with, uh, with Mitchell, who... You know, he definitely has that length in order to like steal balls and everything, but yeah, he's not a wing, so uh, that, that's just what they've always been. Um, uh, uh, what, what's kind of just hurt them, I think. You know, when they get, go against like a team like the Celtics, right? It's like they just get obliterated basically because of that. So, um, so it, it's hard to kind of go against that. But I feel like yeah, with Mitchell, it's great that they have a player like that. I think that can help them, you know, advance a little bit. Uh, but yeah, like you were saying, it's probably gonna take a year or two for them to gel. They're just really young, and even with a player like Mitchell, it's like, yeah, I feel like they they still need to, uh, you know, maybe add a couple pieces, a couple wings, uh, some three and D's or something like that to, um, uh, to to kind of uh, take the next level there. Um, but the Bulls, for sure, like, I, it's hard to say. Almost similar, like if Patrick Mil- and this, we've always been saying this about Patrick Williams, and I've been biggest fan, critic, love hate relationship. It might be toxic, who knows? But um, yeah, it's. If if he can just like come up to like I don't know even like sixty seventy percent of his potential like I think I feel like we've been kind of uh, uh, swimming in like forty percent of his potential right um, then yeah that they, they can certainly be a formidable roster I think going forth uh, if you know hey it is unfortunate I think with Kobe White uh, that that it seems it sounds like he has you know with Alex Caruso um, eventually Lonzo Ball whenever he he he, he, uh, he gets healthy. Uh, and then Io, who's taking the next step, he's starting and everything now. So it just feels like with Kobe White, like he, unless he grows like uh, you know three, four inches, or, or his arms increase that much, you know, the next couple, uh, next in, in this next coming uh, years and everything, then 
Um, it just seems like he's just doesn't fit the squad. So, Hey, you know, maybe they are able to trade him or, or, or you know, get some assets uh, so that they can get a wing or two that, that uh, to complement kind of what, what's being built around with like Patrick Williams and DeMar and Levine and, and Vucevic. So that's my quick take on that. But um, yeah, it is hard to, I think, cheer for, I think those squads. Gotcha. Um, moving my way up from six to one, um, I'm going to go with the Toronto Raptors at six. I really like this team. I like, you know, where they, you know, go one from five. Um, I think they have some, you know, solid bench pieces with Cruz uh, Boucher and Precious Chew off the bench. Um, you know, I think that's a, a solid seven there. Um, you got Fred Van Fleet still. You got Ananobi, uh, Pascal Siakam, you know, says he's one of the, you know, one of the top 10 players in this league. I think he's, you know, putting up some pretty good numbers to start. Um, and Gary Trent Jr. Um, can also, you know, just ball out. So it's just like, I like where this team is going. They're moving forward um, in a in a positive way. I mean, I think Scotty Barnes can only get better. I think that Siakam can get better. I think that Trent Jr. can definitely get better. I think they're at the right age where they can take, you know, a step together. Um, I still think that, you know, looking at the landscape of the East, they're, they're, they're nipping at heels of some of the, you know, um, you know, those have held higher spots before, but in the same sense, I don't think they're too far away and uh, definitely capable of an upset, um, you know, in any one of these first round matchups. So um, that's my number six, uh, number five, they've gotten off to a rough start, um, but I still like what's on, you know, paper there in, in Philadelphia, you know, with Embiid and Harden, kind of, you know, a renewed focus, a chance to wipe this slate clean and, you know, kind of start anew. I think the defense is a little bit clunky. I think that's what, you know, a lot of analysts have been talking about with Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey. I still think, you know, great talents. And, you know, if those are your, you know, three, four options on a championship team, I think that's that's pretty sound. Uh, I just think they need to get, you know, Thibault in the mix a little bit at small forward. I think that P.J. Tucker's got to play you know, a, a very integral role on the defensive side of things. And also a guy that, you know, like we were talking about, just pop out for a three, um, bringing over that veteran experience. I think that's going to be, you know, super important for them. But, uh, you know, they got Niang off the bench. I just think they've got some guys that have been there, um, you know, in in playoff series before, uh, Shake Milton still. It's kind of like, this is a good team. And, uh, you know, I think they're they're you know, definitely worthy of a of the five seed. Um Number four, I've got Brooklyn. Um, who knows? I, I don't know. I love the the roster talent. Again, you know, you can't KD, Kyrie, Ben Simmons. Uh, you know, you got Nick Claxton, Joe Harris. Um, you know, you got TJ Warren not in. You got Seth Curry not, you know, available just yet. It's just like they've got a lot of depth and they got a lot of talent. And it's just, it's now or never. This is it. This is maybe the final and only year that this team will be what it is but uh you know if they give even 75 percent of what they can they're they're easily capable of being in the upper half of the eastern conference it's just like it's such a mixed bag this is hard for me to put a, a stamp on like yeah that's going to be the one seed which i think deep down I'd, I'd, I'd say like they probably should be but in the same sense like they've got to earn it they've got to prove it so we'll see um my dark horse at number three maybe a little bit different but i've got the atlanta hawks i I like what they have, um, you know, bringing over DeJounte Murray. Um, I can see this team, you know, kind of pushing past what they did last year and looking back in, you know, the year prior, uh, the steps they took to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. 
you know, John Collins is still, you know, pros pro, um, you know, they've got Clint Capella down low. Um, I, I, I think this team can, you know, if they can get DeAndre Hunter involved in like a, you know, borderline all-star capacity, which I think is in his realm of possibilities. I think even if he's just a solid, you know, fifth guy in that starting lineup, um, that's a, that's a monster starting five for me. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see uh, where they go. I just kind of, you know, just star power wise and momentum and, you know, it, you know, kind of new energy they're bringing into this year. I, I like where they could be. Um, and then I'll just put these guys both at the top, the number two and the number one, Boston Celtics, Milwaukee Bucks. I think they're interchangeable. I have Milwaukee as my number one seed with a slight advantage. I just think if healthy, I, I like this team just a tick better. Um, I think Boston had some turbulence over the offseason, you know, losing, you know, Doka as their, as their coach, but you know, bringing over Malcolm Brogdon to kind of, you know, back up, uh, you know, Marcus Smart, um, Derek White. Um, I think that was just a, a good trade. Um, you know, don't have to really like ramp up his minutes to start off the year. You still got Peyton Pritchard, but just a guy who I think once you get to the playoffs, you've got just, a, just an extra piece there. Um, hopefully, you know, you got Robert Williams, Grant Williams still. You know, obviously Tatum and Brown, it's it's just a good it's just a good recipe to to kind of win a championship. And then, you know, Bucks still have their big three, love their bench depth. Um, yeah, just can't say enough about, you know, how deep they can go and uh just how much confidence they play with behind Giannis. And uh I guess that's it. That's my that's my top ten. Um, you know, the top six just there. But uh would you make any changes or do you have any teams that, you know, were I don't know, um maybe rank too high or, you know, things that you could see coming out of the East this year? Yeah, I'll, I definitely, I mean, I think one, two, we we're, we're I mean, I, I'm pretty sure most uh, people are picking Celtics bucks. I think going forth, but I, I do agree on your dark horse uh, you know, with the Hawks. Although it's like, you know, you add an all-star with a, another all-star, right? You feel like yeah, they, they ought to be able to take care of things. So, you know, with DeJounte Murray adding him uh, along in the backcourt with Trey Young, it's like, you know, I think that squad and, and then also if they can remain healthy and have you know, DeAndre Hunter contribute, uh, you know, at 15, 18 a game or something like that, that would be awesome. Solid D. Uh, and then, you know, they, they have the interchangeable uh, Clint Capella and Ogonkwu, right? It's like those players are really valuable, I think, uh, with holding down uh, the, the paint. And and then also they're both good, good at, you know, good at uh, guarding like guards and forwards. So, you know, in today's modern day NBA, that's really valuable. So I, I think, yeah, for me, a Hawks probably as it would, uh, I'm anticipating to be a three seed going forth. Um, and, you know, yeah, I, I think we, we, you, you talked about the 76ers. I definitely agree. Play Matisse Thibel. Like, and honestly, he, he, he ought to like go to that. Was it lethal shooter that, that dude on Instagram, right? Like just, you know, Put, put put a little session with him. I, I don't know who needs to do it. If Matisse needs to do it or expense it. Seventy sixes, but it, I think it'd be worthwhile if he just you know fixed up his form a little bit so that he can just make it threes and he can actually contribute on on the offensive side. So because he's such a great defender and yeah, like I, I don't understand a Doc Rivers thing. I think he just kind of like got pissed off of uh, Matisse Seibel like fouling players like. <laughs> you know, for a uh, game tying or game winning threes or whatever. And it's like, okay, man, that's, that's just enough. But Hey, look, in the, over the course of a long season, great contributor. And I think all we need some games on the, on the defensive side. So um, 
and hopefully, yeah, he, he takes, you know, he matures a little bit in terms of his game and takes things to the next level and just doesn't do any of those stupid, silly fouls there. So um, overall, I, I, I don't see anything necessarily wrong, I think, with any of your picks. I, I think they all kind of make sense there. I, I am definitely iffy on the Heat, uh, unfortunately, after talking with Stefano and everything. <laughs> uh, it's just, yeah, you know, they're, they are aging a little bit. And, hey, I, I get, you know, it's one of those uh, – we saw it kind of happen, I think, last year with Kyle Lowry. Like, didn't really do too much in the playoffs. And I'm like, okay, I don't know how much he has left. He's had a great career and everything, but he's only going to get older. Uh, I think he's, like, now on the other side of, like, 35 right now. So it's like, I, I really don't know how much. And in today's NBA, you kind of have to have that nice point guard uh, in order to, like, advance and, and do well in, in the playoffs and such. So that's definitely where I just feel a lot of hesitancy uh, there. Um, and yeah, with some question marks with Tower Hero, uh, Duncan Robinson, etc. You know, it's like okay, like how much? What's their ceiling necessarily? Like uh, Tower Hero, I think we've spoken about his defense as well. You know, it's it's and, and yeah, and they also lost like PJ Tucker and not having him, Jay Crowder. Like it's just kind of kind of a new team now, essentially. So yeah, don't think that um, they're as uh, appetizing, I would say, as some of the other teams. And yeah, love the Raptor pick. I feel like. They always – it's because, like, they don't have necessarily that one-star player, but they have that length, that defense, those wings, right? They can really uh, create a lot of havoc on the defensive side and, you know, put things on the open court. And Nick Nurse, one of the best coaches in the NBA, like, very good uh, – makes a lot of great strategic decisions there going forward. So, yeah, can't really say, you know, what I switch, uh, you know, a spot or two maybe, but I, I feel pretty good about having – I think the Hawks at three, I, I just think that uh, they're going to be taking things. Uh, or they're essentially just going to be taking the next step. So, yeah. Definitely. I guess with that, um, let's shift over to the West. I want to hear, you know, what your rankings are. Maybe if you want to start with the play-in tournament and work your way up. Yeah. Yeah, I got um, I'll, 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 I'll like the, my, my 10 teams here, right? So I got um, – was it the Trailblazers uh, here? Uh, I think they're like four and zero right now. So uh, <laughs> as we're shooting on a Tuesday, October twenty five, twenty uh, fifth, right now. Um, so yeah, they're 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 playing pretty well overall. I, it seems like they have good rhythm. Anthony Simmons, you know, uh, playing kind of a, a lights out, kind of taking over that CJ McCollum type of role, uh, secondary to uh, a Dame Willard. So yeah, I, I think that he's uh, going to have a good season overall. Um, and then I, I got the Lakers. Uh, still a lot of question marks about their health. Westbrook, what the hell is it? I feel like there's just so much drama, almost almost to a similar extent of uh, comparison between them and the Nets, just that obviously the Lakers did win a championship, you know, with LeBron and Anthony Davis, right? There's just a lot of question marks, I think, apart from those two. And then obviously, can Anthony Davis, you know, play a full season, be healthy for the playoffs? I think all those things on top of like the roster around them too. Um, nice that they had brought in Pat Bev, right. To kind of spice things up. And he does have a track record of, I think, you know, playing for winning teams. So, you know, who knows, maybe that, that does kind of settle it there, but yeah, they, they have to figure out what to do with Westbrook. Cause it's, it's not, it's, it's, this is a toxic relationship. I feel like for both of them. So, um, and then at the eighth seed uh, here, I got the Pelicans actually, um, thought about moving them up, you know, maybe switching them up with some other teams up there. Uh, can talk about more about those other teams later, but, um, you know, they're playing, they play, they, they think they showed a lot of what they are able to do, 
uh, even without Zion Williams and then Williamson. And it's like, okay, with a, you know, a healthier, as healthy as Zion Williamson can be, right? What can that team look like? And, you know, I think there's a lot of potential for them. You know, it's uh, CJ McCollum and everything as well, uh, kind of having a, a season with the the Pelicans. And then, um, uh, and, and then, yeah, Herb, uh, one of my favorite, like, 3 and D type of players as well. Uh, I think he's he's just a very good contributor overall along, you know, with that entire team, I think. So, yeah, have a lot of uh, uh, favorability for them. Uh, Mavs, I think at seven. Uh, I think Luca could have a good year. Uh, I know they lost Jalen Brunson, uh, so I think that's where I, I felt like, yeah, Spencer Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie, I think, like, you know, he's – he can definitely score and be a contributor, but they, they just, I think they just need more playmakers overall. I think we've spoken about that and I don't think they really address it too much there. So, um, so yeah, those are my 10 to uh, seven picks. Uh, Pat, any comments on any of those things? Yeah, no, we, we've got for the majority, the same teams kind of in there. I had a tough gut call to make with the Sacramento Kings and the Lakers. Um, Man, if the Lakers can't beat the Sacramento Kings to get that like that final spot for me, um, it's pretty sad. I think there is a scenario where West, Westbrook is traded at some point this year. Maybe it's the All Star break. Hopefully, it's it's sooner than that for everyone's sake. You know, maybe revisit that Pacers trade that was on the board with Miles Turner and Buddy Heald, and you know, having to pry away those two first round picks from the Lakers side of things. You might have to just make that move at this point if you really want to, you know. Make LeBron, you know, happy enough and, you know, give your team a puncher's chance to just be a more legit playoff team this year. I don't I don't see championships in their future um, personally, but, uh, you know, you got to give them a shot. And uh, I think that's the best way to do it. So I think they will lock down uh, one of those, you know, one of those spots in the playoffs. And uh, I only have one other team flipped with you in the next in the next stage of things, but I believe they'll be in your top six. So so we'll we'll pick that apart when we get there. Okay, cool. Yeah. So uh, six through one. Uh, I I got the Timberwolves here actually. So I got the Timberwolves. Uh, you know, I, I I am actually not that big of a fan of the Rudy Gobert trade. I I don't think he fits the team that well. Uh, would love to be proven wrong, but you know, in today's NBA, I just feel like. It's just not necessary to have like two seven footers, uh, you know, as agile and and as athletic, I guess, as you know, Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns uh, may be. Uh, I just don't think that that they fit together. Like this isn't the '90s or whatever. So uh, I don't know. Who knows? We'll see what happens. But I think the they they just simply have enough talent around them. You know, with also Anthony Edwards um, and just a lot of good, you know, uh, uh, players all around. I, I know they lost Pat Beverly, their, their quote unquote, I guess, MVP of their playoffs last year, but, you know, I, I certainly see Anthony Edwards taking that next step in, in his career. Um, and then, uh, yeah, with Rudy Gobert, he's certainly just going to have, a, th- th- that team is just going to have enough length and defense, I think, uh, to help win them some games. So, uh, and then after that, I got, I, I got the Clippers actually here. Um, and, you know, they added John Wall kind of coming off the bench right now and everything, uh, you know, from uh, an entire, like, squad, like, if you just, you know, go through the entire lineup, right, a lot of, like, solid veterans overall, right? So, uh, you know, with Luke Kennard as well, and then obviously with the star players, uh, Kawhi and Paul George, you know, they're definitely going to be up and down, but in terms of talent, like, it's hard to kind of beat uh, or, like, 
match up with a, a team like the Clippers. So um, we'll see how they go in the playoffs. But obviously, you know, with uh, uh, kind of Kawhi not playing a full season, it's hard to have that continuity, I think, going forth. And similar to Paul George, there's a lot of question marks, I think, on the health side and, you know, uh, and where Kawhi is at, at, at this time. So um, after that, um, I got the Grizzlies here, actually. So uh, I think... You know they, they played really well last year. I think John Morant took took it to the next level, uh, and uh, you know Desmond Bain, one of my favorite players. I think the entire NBA just you know kind of old school, does not not too flashy, but plays solid defense and uh, you know knows how to shoot the ball. So I, I think uh, he's he's gonna definitely going to be a key contributor there. Uh, you know along with Adams uh, and Jaron Jackson. So um, and then. The Warriors, I have the defending champion uh, Warriors. I got number two uh, in the West. Um, you know, the only reason I guess that they're not number one, I just think that they're going to think, try to think a little more in the long term. You know, some of the players are only getting a little bit older, so they just might have to sacrifice a win or two uh, here and there. Uh, and then number one, a fully healthy or as healthy as can be uh, Nugget squad. So I'm anticipating that. Hey, you know, they've had a couple kind of like a couple of years to, you know, chill on the recliner a little bit, stretch out. <laughs> so we saw what they can do when, you know, even when they're uh, still young, like with Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray, what can, what they can do uh, during playoff time and everything. And then, you know, in, in the, the bright lights. So I feel like with them uh, with having the two time MVP uh, Joker as well uh, and the talent that they have around him. Uh, entering this season, I feel like that's enough to, to secure the top slot there. So, yeah, those are my one through six. Now, did I miss? Did I miss one of your? Can you go back through one through six for me, real quick? Yeah, one, one. I got Nuggets, got Warriors, Grizzlies, Clippers, Suns, and then Timberwolves. Got it. Okay. Yeah, just wanted to confirm. Um, no solid top six. Uh, I only have some minor changes up and down the board a little bit. Um, I'm with you on the Clippers and, you know, basically the New Orleans Pelicans to me, they're, they're very similar in the sense that if, if Williamson and Leonard happen to miss significant time this year, they're kind of in the same situation they were last year. And that could affect, you know, their overall upside as teams, but love the talent that both teams have. I have the Clippers at five and the Pelicans at seven. Um, the only switch that I had with you to to mention was the Timberwolves I have as the A seed. Um, and I only put them there because they lost Pat Bev. Um, and I feel like their bench depth is 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 not outstanding. Uh, in my opinion, I feel like if there happens to be an injury or if they just need to count on somebody in big minutes in the playoffs, they just don't love, you know, what they got uh, after bringing over a really star-studded piece in Gobert. I think that, He's a great anchor for that defense, but what it cost them was, you know, just a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of rotation pieces and a lot of, you know, things that, you know, I think most championship teams need, um, you know, after it's all said and done. Now, if they would have made a couple more moves after that to really shore everything up, I'd feel a lot better about them today, you know, despite the, you know, multiple first round picks that they gave up for it. But uh, no, outside of that, I, I, I'd be very nitpicky throughout the rest of the teams. I think, you know, Memphis and Golden State, I had, um, I have Memphis at two and I have Golden State at one uh, with Denver at three, Phoenix at four. But I just uh, 
for me, I like where Memphis is going. Um, you know, they obviously took an, an amazing leap last year, and I feel like that momentum is still carrying them into this season. Um, you know, I think even if a guy like Bain goes down or, you know, whoever it could be, I think John Moran is that good where it's like, he's just going to ball. He's kind of like Giannis in that sense. Like he's just going to put up his numbers and like everybody else just grab a role and uh, <laughs> do your best. But like, you don't need to do too much. And and that's why, you know, I think that uh, he will stay healthy. I feel like he's got young legs and uh, I think he's going to carry this team to to a really strong ranking this year. Yeah, for sure. I think yeah, with a lot of these teams, it's like, can they stay healthy? Right. So, you know, mm-hmm. with uh, and that's where I'm like, I, I'm I, I'd like to think I'm bullish, I think, with like Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray staying healthy, but uh, they don't have the best track record. So, uh, yeah, in terms of, you know, the the rest of the teams and everything, I feel like, yeah, if any of these teams can stay healthy and you know, there's so many variables that I think that go towards that, um, it just depends if, uh, you know, if a they're healthy and can they play like a majority of the games? Uh, Cause that's the only where I feel like the Clippers that they stand out is it's like in terms of length defense, uh, you know, good wings and everything. If they can stay healthy, that's a hard team to beat, but um, yeah, going forth, it's, it, it'll be fun. I think uh, especially with, yeah, the, the, the warriors and you know what they're going to do with Kaminga. And obviously they've, they've had their own off season drama too with Draymond. Uh, we'll see what kind of what happens. I think uh, with, you know, the rest of the teams, uh, there and, and how you know the Warriors I think progressed from there so yeah no for Denver I think um, the only point I'd bring up is I feel a little bit more confident with Jamal Murray than I do Michael Porter Jr. staying healthy just because this has been Porter's story since he entered the league um, I feel like when we were going into that draft I can't remember the exact year but we had the option of Wendell Carter Jr. or Michael Porter Jr. and I was like God like, why did we pass on, you know, Michael Porter? And I'm like, this guy's going to be a star and this and that. And it's like every year since then, I feel like Wendell Carter's put up a double double and Michael Porter's like barely played a full season. It's just like, it's disappointing, man. I want him to stay healthy. Obviously want him to be like a star in the NBA. Um, Denver is going to be okay if they don't have Porter, but they have Murray for the full year. It's just like with both healthy, like that's a scary team. And if they stay healthy, they're the kind of team that could be the number one seed in the league for sure. Yeah, that's a big if for sure. But I'm 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 betting I'm I want to be bullish on them. I want to be optimistic about them. I feel like it's good for basketball. You know, overall, if Jokic, the reigning MVP, and everything can have a good squad around them, and you know, the Nuggets are winning basketball. I feel like so. Yeah, definitely. Well, with that, um, that lines up our Eastern Conference, Western Conference picks. Um, Wayne. I don't know if you want to pick a conference championship or if you just want to dive right into the finals, but we can do either or. Yeah, I, I, I we'll go with the conference champions. Um, I got, uh, let's see here. I got, I got the nuggets. So I got the nuggets here. Actually, I'm really bullish. I'm really <laughs> bullish on Michael Porter Jr. He, all of a sudden he's, he like, sees like some sort of doctor and says, yeah, I got your back, whatever. Uh, so I think it's going to be them and the Bucks. Uh, you know, with the Bucks, uh, they, they they kind of got the injury bug, you know, late with Chris Middleton going down in the playoffs. So that I think really killed the momentum, any type of momentum that they had. Um, you know, with the Bucks, they just have to have a full, healthy squad similar to the Nuggets. So again, I, I feel like hoping that both teams I think can be healthy. I think when they're both both those teams are healthy, it's just really good for uh for basketball overall. So who's your picks? 
I'm going to go with the Golden State Warriors coming out of the West. I feel like it's it's just cliche at this point. It's, <laughs> it's getting redundant. Uh, we're all tired of it, but I just feel like they have a starting five behind the starting five. I feel like it's it, they just have like 10 legitimate players that can, you know, either be starters, bench players, whatever it is. They all play for the team. Um, man, you know, Jordan Poole, Kaminga, Moody, Wiseman. Uh, <laughs> it's it's kind of like just just an, a, an embarrassment of riches for you know them to kind of like pull you know from the from the reserves and they've got DiVincenzo that came over too um you know in a signing so I just think it's like you know a big injury can take place and they've just got you know guys that can go ahead and you know pluck so that's a really nice problem to have now my Eastern Conference this is really this is really tough because I'm just like sitting here stewing on it but it's like so I'm gonna pick the Milwaukee Bucks too I think I'm going a little safe here because. Deep downside, I really want to put. I really want to pick the Nets, man. I really do. <laughs> it's disgusting. Nobody wants to hear it. I, I mean, it, it's bad. But um, there is something about um, you know, the Bucks' consistency, the way that they're unselfish, the way that they're all committed. Um, you're right. It was a Middleton injury away from probably being in the finals last year. You know, I. I I just see it as I, I like what they bring together, you know, from an upside perspective, but then, you know, just shoring up that bench step. I think they brought over Ibaka. They still got Connets in there. They've got Bobby Portis off the bench. Uh, Grayson Allen, you know, might become a little bit better as a, as a starting guard this year. I just see this team as being w- really well-rounded. Um, the only thing is just that, that tantalizing ep- upside that uh, the Nets have. And it's just like, if they put it all together, if they are all committed for one year, just one year, I mean, I don't see a lot of holes in, in that team either. I mean, from a from a bench perspective, too, it's like, you know, I don't know who they're going to go with their, you know, starting guard, whether it's going to be Curry or Harris for the long term. But either way, you've got a great three-point shooter off the bench. Then you got Patty Mills. You got um, – trying to think. They, they brought over TJ Warren on a pretty good deal. You know, they traded for Royce O'Neal. Um, it's just, it's interesting, man. They got that, that their own big three, their own like sideshow three that they're they're putting out there, and uh, you know, I, I don't know, man. This 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 could be the most interesting team that we've ever seen, you know, assembled. And uh, they they are either going to you know persevere here, or they're going to completely crash on their faces. That's I think there's only one of two outcomes there. Yeah, again, yeah, I, I feel like you have a toxic relationship with the Nets now. You know, it's <laughs> like, I know you, you you kind of like were pushing them along last year and everything. It's like, yeah, they have, you know, Duran healthy and Irving there as well. So it's like, okay, you know, bygones be got bygones. We don't know what we're doing with Simmons. Seems like Simmons is playing now, though. He sounds, looks like he's getting in foul trouble. But like you're saying, so it's probably the same relationship I feel like, I, you know, I have with the Clippers of like, you know, Kawhi, he's just going to show up in the playoffs and then they're going to make a run. Like they just need to get there and be healthy. Right. So similar thing with the Nets, similar situation, I think going forth. Um, so, but you know, it, it will be, I think a great, it would be great for basketball though. If it is like the Bucks, Warriors. I, I just feel like, I don't know, like I, 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 I'm always hesitant about picking up, um, you know, back to backs and everything like that. But, uh, if I am, obviously, it's, you know, this Warriors team, like, they are a dynasty. And if they can stay healthy, again, it's the whole healthy thing. It's, it's going to be hard for any team to beat them, for sure. Yeah. I just think they play with, like, a 
you know, they have the luxury and whether or not they're the first seed or the fourth seed or whatever it is, it's like, they have the luxury of, Hey, Steph, you want a night out? Like we've got Jordan Poole, you know, Clay, are you a little banged up? Oh, just slot in DiVincenzo. It's like, it's just kind of, they've got a, you know, they've got the ability to do that. And even in a playoff series, if like somebody's coming up gimpy, I feel like they can, you know, work their way through a series uh, early on and, uh, you know, kind of save <laughs> their death line up in reserve for later. And they've always done that. And it's just their ability to reload and to kind of, you know, uh, adapt and evolve as a, as a unit. It's, it's just crazy. It's, it's mind blown actually. And I, I'm very curious to see how Moody and Kuminga are going to, you know, step out here in their second years here as pros. I want to see if like, you know, are they just bench players or are these like serious talents that we all have to like keep our eyes on moving forward? Yeah. And then Wiseman too. I think that's the key thing. Cause it's like, he's probably going to be the one that's uh, in a way kind of taking um, uh, dream on greens place. You know, what we're anticipating is probably going to leave. I think it was after next season is I think is when his contract runs out. So if that's the case, then, you know, they, they are going to need some sort of big person there or, or yeah, maybe they just go like Kaminga, uh, Wiggins, uh, and then was it Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, and and Curry as like their death lineup or something like that. So, um, but yeah, I, I I think they just have so many pieces, and it's that's just like a masterful GMing. Obviously, they had to have you know two of the best players uh, on the planet be hurt for a couple of years, but I think that's just uh, that just goes to show like good management just kills. I feel like so, um, yeah, I, I would definitely. Like it though, if the the Warriors do win though, that that could be fun. Yeah, most definitely. Um, <clears throat> how about for awards? Um, maybe we'll start off with the MVP. What do you think? Yeah. Well, do we do we have a a, a championship winner or or? Oh, excuse me, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, we we yeah, we're getting there, but not all the way, you know. So I thought I thought me mentioning the Warriors in the finals was, was <laughs> it's good enough to be my answer, but yeah, that's my answer. The Warriors for sure. Okay, I got the Bucks. I got the Bucks. Yeah. Okay. 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 Fair enough. No, I think it'll be. I mean, I hope that's what it is because I'd love to see Giannis and Curry go yeah. heads up. I mean, I think everybody would. Um, so we'll see. But uh, yeah, definitely two uh, you know great franchises. But uh, awards. Uh, how about the MVP? Yeah, MVP. I got I got John Morant winning it. Um, I think Ditto. you got Ditto. it too. There we <laughs> go. There you I go. Mean, yeah, yeah just kind of like a com- <laughs> it's a combination of things. I feel like you know, oftentimes, especially I think a recent memory, it's been much more of like the one star player. But then you don't want to have too many like side pieces, if you will. You don't want too, too many Robins. Like that's kind of what's deterred. You know, it, it deterred. I think MJ from winning it several times uh, has deterred. Uh, um, Steph Curry from winning it. So it's a combination of that. It's like, you know, uh, Desmond Bain, great player and all that, but nobody's looking at him like, oh, yeah, you're, uh, you know, uh, like a James Harden type of level player, you know. So that's where I feel like uh, there's a lot of that kind of going into John Moran. And he's just, I mean, the first couple games of the season playing lights out. Like he's having as good of a season as as anybody. And, you know, if they're a a top five uh, seed in the West, I think that's, that all kind of adds up for uh, Jean Morant going forth. Um, and especially, you know, if I, if my idea of Jokic uh, being uh, teamed up again with Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. for, you know, kind of a healthy Nuggets team, then and that certainly is where I think that um, a little bit of that flavor is going to be uh, diminished for Jokic there. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I followed the same, uh, 
you know, points there. I think that, you know, it's also just like a popularity contest in some ways. And the guy who's kind of like the it guy this year and, you know, Jaws stepped out to be, you know, um, a bona fide all-star last year and kind of really, you know, turned heads, moved his way up into like the point points per game leaders. He, you know, obviously carried Memphis pretty far in the playoffs. I mean, they're a fun team and it's, it's exciting to see, you know, some meaningful basketball taking place in Memphis. And uh, he's put that entire team on his back. And I, I like their supporting cast. You're right. I mean, it's, they're, they're deep enough. Um, it's just like, you know, like you're saying, uh, can a guy like Bain be considered in the same breath as somebody else as number two? Um, looking at some of the teams stacked up at the top of these conferences, like not really. So um, he still has time to go. I still think he's, you know, could be an all-star himself. So we'll just kind of have to see, but uh, for sure, this was kind of like a pretty easy decision for me, but in the same sense, I think that Jason Tatum was a guy that I truly considered here, just given, you know, what he did last year all the way through the finals and uh, didn't really know as much about his defensive prowess as I kind of had been researching at the end of last year, but it's, uh, it's, it's worth noting. And I think he's only going to get better with time and uh, we'll understand what better truly is like based on his leadership, based on how he makes other guys better. And I think numbers wise, he probably still, you know, put up even better numbers than he did. So um, that was my only dark horse, uh, you know, behind Durant or behind Morant, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely Tatum. I think he could be one. Um, and then uh, I mean, potentially like Luca, I, I thought about Luca too, you know, uh, kind of going to that factor a little bit like John Moran, like, you know, uh, Spencer, didn't we like, yeah, he's not, he's, he's not going to be seen like as that all-star level player. I know he, I think he wasn't an all-star, but he's not going to be seen as like that all-star level kind of player. Right. Uh, to, to kind of compliment him. But I think, yeah, with Luca, he kind of is the, like who, if he's not there, like what would they got? Right. So that certainly is like, would be my other pick uh, apart from John Moran. I think it was being between those two. So, but yeah. Yeah, that's my only my only criticism with with Doncic is it's not Doncic, it's just the Mavs. Like I just I, I see the Mavs as like you know they're just they're just not good enough maybe to be like a top you know four team in their conference, and that's that's the only disappointing part. I wish I wish we could pair up another star with Doncic, or mm-hmm. you know just have them bring in an influx of you know young talent, or just surround him with some better pieces because uh, you know I, I would just hate to see him go year after year just you know, one and done or, or what it, whatever it could be in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I would hate to do it, but it's like, what would happen if, uh, was it Victor? Uh, like he gets, uh, he gets hurt a little bit or like, you know, they, uh, I'll, I'll see it. Like what happens if he just like coughs up a, a season, right? It's like, Hey, we got rid of Jalen Brunson. Like he was like our, our number two in a way, uh, last year. Uh, so we're not going to do anything this year. So might as well just get like one of the best like prospects ever and see if, you know, or we can get them like this year's draft definitely is going to be good. So um, not to say that I'm for uh, coughing up a season or, you know, just kind of putting on the wayside, but I feel like with Doncic like that, he he definitely needs like somebody like that. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if he happens to get injured somehow, some way and he's gone for the year, I mean, that's an exciting team if they were to <laughs> you know, pick up that guy. I mean, is he like seven, four and kind of like a freak athlete can shoot threes and stuff. So, yeah. Um, yeah, let's hope something good happens for for Dallas. But uh, but in any sense, um, you know, moving on in the awards uh, for Defensive Player of the Year, uh, Wayne, did you did you have one there? I got Bam Adebayo actually. Um, you know, I, I he's always been 
it, well, first off, I think with smart, uh, it's like usually when they do do a guard of some sort because they want the alternative, they're like, okay, that's nice. Let's go back to like a center, or, you know, or or a nice wing. So I know Mikael Bridges. I think he was second last year. I was kind of debating between uh, Adebayo and him, but um, I definitely think like uh, Bam. You know, he's always been uh, kind of in the limelight with regards to being like a really great defender. Can guard one through five. Um, I think that's just his appeal. Uh, has had you know, uh, um, you know, he's been an all star. It has. Uh, great blocks, I think, in the playoffs. You know, Buck Tatum that, in that one uh, series clincher, basically. Um, so I think with Bam, uh, I think he's going to show out. And I think Vegas also has him, like, top three. So, uh, you know, going to bet on the house uh, with regards to that. But, yeah, I think Bam and uh, what they're able to do, I think, with um, – he's going to be a central piece with the Heat. And I think uh, he'll he'll uh, take it to the next level uh, and earn defensive player of the year. Um for the heat. Yeah, I went with uh I went with Giannis here. I think that he's going to get slighted a little bit in the MVP category, so they're going to look at, you know, other ways to, you know, celebrate him in a way. I think he's a five-time defense all defensive player. I think he's won it once in 2019, but I also just see him as being one of the top defensive players in the league. I think that he, you know, rates a pretty high in defensive rating. He gets rebounds, he gets blocks, he's quick, he's able to cover multiple positions. Um, and I think it is, as a unit, they'll be pretty good on that side of the ball with uh, Drew Holiday's got his great hands and, uh, you know, they're committed, they're together. So um, I think he takes that award. Um, you know, I think guys like Rudy Gobert are always going to be in the mix. And, you know, it seems like, you know, even Jason Tatum too, like has been kind of in the upper echelon of the defensive rating. So it's just kind of like, that's just my pick. I think it's like the the popular choice, and uh, we'll go over well with with him after uh, coming up short in the MVP category. Cool. Yeah. What do you got for uh, six man? Six man. I went with Jordan Poole. I think that uh, this is his year. I, I was happy to see Tyler Hero get it last year. I thought that was fair. I think that there weren't a lot of reserves that you know were scoring the way that Tyler Hero can score. Um, I think Jordan Poole can do that. Uh, if not a little bit more for the Golden State Warriors this year. You know, he's he's firmly entrenched behind Curry and Thompson, so I don't see him, you know, breaking into the, you know, starting lineup uh, all too often. Um, you also got Wiggins there. So it's like, you know, who's going to come up big with bench minutes, with scoring um, and all that? And uh, I think he is already off to like 16 points per game. I think that it's kind of like the new age Jamal Crawford type guy. You can just – bring in and just kind of put up numbers and facilitate the offense and uh, they'll be on a great team. So um, that'll also give him some bonus points, but, but that's who, who I went with, with the, with the six man. But, uh, but how about you, Wayne? Yeah. Yeah. I got, I got Jordan Poole too. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it always seems like, yeah, with the six man, like it's very much more favorable about scoring a little bit more. So, um, so thought about him. The only other one I thought about was maybe like Christian Wood, who's been coming off the bench for the Mavs actually. So you know, he, he's been getting, he's been scoring a bunch, getting rebounds too, and you know playing pretty overall solid defense. But yeah, it, it just always seems like from the um, award perspective, it usually goes to whoever the you know like the top scorer is or one of the top scorers, uh, uh, you know, for, in the NBA off the bench. So and you know Tyler Hero won it last year, and he was definitely like one of the top scorers there. So thinking uh, you know Jordan Poole, uh, you know with the healthy Clay Thompson, you know he's not going to get those starts as much. So. Uh, I, I, that's definitely where I was like, yeah, Jordan Poole seems like I think a, a good sell, 
good overall solid pick for that. Yeah, I mean, health aside, some other guys that I was thinking about was uh, Malcolm Brogdon kind of slotted in, um, you know, for, for Boston there. I think he can, you know, probably score um, just just about as good as Jordan Poole can. I just don't know, you know, can he put together a full season? I don't think he has in quite some time. And then for Brooklyn, it's kind of like wondering, like, is it going to be Seth Curry or Joe Harris, um, you know, at the, at the starting shooting guard position? Because it's like whoever takes on that six-man role, I think, could put up, you know, double-digit points, uh, could be a reliable, you know, three-point threat off the bench. Like, you know, health aside, again, for both of these guys, uh, you know, see what Harris does in a return year. But, uh, no, I, I think overall uh, Poole's just, a, you know, a pretty favorable choice there. Yeah, for sure. And especially if they do go to the championship and everything uh, again, right. I hope that will be a key, a key contributor uh, kind of coming off the bench there uh, and, you know, putting up some buckets. Cause he can definitely do that. He, he just gets buckets like in, in droves. So, um, and again, six man, very much about the bucket getter. So. For sure. How about the uh, rookie of the year for you? I got, uh, this was this is a little tough, but I'm liking what I'm seeing from uh, Jaden Ivy right now. Uh, I think he uh, he's in a great situation. You know, uh, young a lot of young talent around him, so they're they're all kind of just trying to figure out how do we all kind of fit in here. Uh, but so far, you know, he's uh, he's really just shown that hey, I, I know what I'm doing, and uh, you know, he shot really efficiently too. I think he's like shooting like 50 percent out of the field, and you know, not making too many mistakes. Uh, you know passing, getting rebounds, playing solid defense overall. So looking like a great pick, looking like a great draft overall. Um, you know, I, I think the only other uh, uh, player that I, w- I would consider, uh, I mean, Paolo, like he's played okay. Um, he, I think he's like averaging like 22 points right now, but um, I feel like there's just been, uh, he hasn't been as efficient. He, it's just been one of those, I'm scoring a bunch of buckets because everybody else kind of sucks around me or isn't able to score as much. So that's certainly where I feel like uh, he's it's it's going to look lesser on his um, uh, lesser for him in that in that sense. So I think the other one I'm thinking about is uh, Benedict uh, Matherin. He's been really really solid, I think, for the Pacers at least right now. And you know, with that Pacers squad, I feel like yeah, they they kind of have that opening for a wing, but they have a lot of talent around the wing and everything. You know, with Tyrese Halliburton uh, shooting efficiently and everything there and. Uh, obviously, like Miles Turner uh, at the center position, uh, you, you know, I know they have like uh, some wings, like with you know Buddy Heald and all, but I feel like there's just so much, so much opportunity for him to contribute um, in, in kind of the wing spot for the Pacers, and they they still have enough talent. I feel like uh, around there for him to like just fit right in. Um, a lot, a lot of solid veterans too for him to learn from and and grow from. So. Yeah, I mean, my pick was Paulo uh, Boncaro. I just feel like, you know, what he's able to do in multiple dimensions of the game with scoring, rebounding, um, his passing ability. I feel like he's got good length. He, you know, had some pretty disgusting block off the off the backboard in, you know, the first game. But, uh, you know, I just like what he brings to the table. I think he'll, you know, put up enough numbers to to make himself the most attractive of the of the pack. I feel like, you know, like you're saying with the Magic, still got them kind of in the, you know, bottom tiers of the, of the, of the conference itself. I, I like where that team could possibly go in, in years ahead. I mean, with, you know, the Wagner brothers, you've got Cole Anthony, um, you know, Jalen Suggs when he gets healthy again, you got Wendell Carter Jr. It's like, that's, that's a good young squad. I mean, obviously you need some more, you know, time and some veteran depth there, but 
it's exciting to see what their future, you know, could possibly hold for them. If, if folks can just stay in Orlando for once and like, you know, just kind of, kind of go through the, the hardship and, and, and see uh, the light at the end of the tunnel as a team. But uh, also just give a shout out to the Pistons. They were very close to, uh, you know, cracking into my uh, top 10 in the East. I, I really wanted to, but uh, you know, like you're saying, I mean, two home run drafts in a row um, for the team itself and Jalen Duran kind of backing up Isaiah Stewart. I mean, it feels like he's just knocking on the door to take that center position at some point. And, uh, and Stewart's been solid. And, uh, you know, Sadiq Bay is another guy who just kind of like slides under the radar because he's not, you know, the top pick in the draft or whatever else. But like, you know, he's almost averaging 20 points a game and, you know, he's playing his uh, part over there too. And to grab Bogdanovich from the, for the jazz for basically free, it was like, damn, like this, this team is fun. And, uh, you know, they're going to go through their growing pains too, but you know, I see some light at the end of the tunnel for them as well. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I really do like the Pistons. I think they'll be good. You know, uh, I think this this will definitely be a, a building year for them. Um, you know, they, <laughs> they 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 have been drafting well. I think the one draft pick was like Killian Hayes, uh, really good, <laughs> really good defender. But what's he shooting now? Like, uh, oh, sixteen uh, percent for the year right now after like you know, three four games. It's like yeah, you can do a little bit better than that, man. And I was really high on him. I think he actually shot like 80 some odd percent, which usually free throw shooting is usually a pretty good indicator that the that the players uh, can you know have a repetitive uh, you know wrist action and everything and can shoot uh, you know off the dribble for threes and stuff like that. But has not shown any type of offensive uh, acumen whatsoever. Um, but yeah, to your point, they have a lot of young talent. They're adding some vets around them. So I think you know maybe next year this. That potentially I think could be a playoff team for sure. Yeah. If you're going to import anything from France, make it a good, you know, bottle of Bordeaux or you know, some fine cheese, but, but just keep, uh, no, I'm just kidding. But like, yeah, it's <laughs> like complete bust, uh, cool name, but yeah, he's just been, he's been pretty God awful. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, oh man, this stuff is like the, the what ifs, right? It's like Sadiq base. He's in pretty good. Ha- has is having a really solid uh, career right now. And it's like, Man, if the Bulls like traded back instead of getting Patrick Williams right now, not again, not to like throw away Patrick Williams yet, but uh, man, you know, Sadiq, Sadiq Bay is playing really well. Um, you know, averaging 18 points right now for the season, 14 for his career. So, um, and shooting at a pretty decent clip of like 30, 36%, 33% from three. Um, and yeah, has, has like, I think like a 40 point game in his, in his resume too. So, um, but hey, there's still a lot of uh, basketball to be played, I think. So. Definitely. Um, how about for let's see with players most improved? Yeah, I got I got them all. I, I got Anthony uh, Simmons here actually. So you know, I talked. I think he averaged like 17 points last last season. He was kind of like up for it. Uh, I think he might have been up for it, but I, I think this season, you know, I think he's going to be in the 20 spectrum. And I think yeah, I know 17 to 20 doesn't look as cool, right? As like I think where where he was like last season. He was like eight or nine, and then now he's like 17 because they got rid of CJ. Um, but you know, he's really, really, uh, you know, early this season right now, kind of um, shown that he's worked on his game a lot. And yeah, they're you know, Blazers are four and oh, I don't know how long that's gonna last, but I feel like Anthony Simmons, he's gonna be a 20 point game scorer, uh, paired you know, with him and Lillard. I think that that could be a pretty interesting uh, development that's happening over there, but. Yeah, I got Anthony Simmons here. So, yeah. Who do you have? I picked Scotty Barnes. I think that after his rookie year, you know, he put up some really good numbers. I feel like he brought in, 
you know, some defensive prowess that team, you know, could always use and is pretty, you know, good team, you know, uh, defensively uh, in that, that respect. So I just felt like he fit like a glove in Toronto, especially under Nick Nurse. But for them to just kind of bat down the Durant trade offers, which again, were ridiculous in the off season, but I think they just have a lot of trust and faith in this guy. And uh, his talent really showed out last year. I just think like a guy with his, you know, uh, just makeup in general, his age, uh, you know, where he can go from here with a playoff contending squad, good coaching. I just think this could be a year where he really breaks out, you know, gets above, you know, maybe 20 points, maybe, you know, improves in the assist category a bit, you know, plays with the efficiency that, you know, maybe, maybe he can uh, with an improved Pascal Siakam or Ananobi, et cetera. It's kind of like, you know, he's going to be a true facilitator for that team. And, uh, you know, I like the team. I like him. So I think he'll get most improved. Yeah. I think hey, that's a solid overall pick overall. You know, he, he has like, he's always been a player with like some of the most potential, I think in the entire NBA, right. Um, he's a playmaker and, you know, with the squad they have around him, and yeah, this is what year three, I think now with him. So getting that continuity under his belt, I think with the Toronto Raptors. Yeah. it totally makes sense. I think, um, you know, He's averaging 14 at the moment right now, but I, I think there's been some like blowout wins here and there, or maybe some losses. So that that might interfere with it. But yeah, uh, he definitely is a player I think could be making an All Star team and think of the near future. So yeah, he's nursing an ankle um, right now, mm-hmm. so I think he's I think he's going to be out for a game or so. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, just in general, like he's coming in, uh, you know, at least his sophomore year. I think he's just gonna. He's going to crush it this year once he's back and healthy. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, should be really good. Cool. Um, do we have any other ones here? Uh, is there a comeback player of the year award? <laughs> I could think about it. Um, I only had – and the only other one I had was coach. Um, but oh, yeah. if you've got a comeback, I'll, I'll listen to yours and I'll, I'll think in the process. I mean, Jamal Murray, I guess, for comeback. <laughs> like, just kind of like, yeah, all right, he's – He's healthy. Yay. All right. So it's been a while, but yeah, I think he, he he's kind of the, like, I don't know if there needs any, any other explanation. I don't know if there's anybody that's been hurt as long as he has, maybe apart from his other uh, teammate. Right. So um, I mean, per, perhaps Kawhi, perhaps Zion yeah. uh, for both of them. How about Udonis Haslam just coming back for his 20,000 <laughs> season, you know, not <laughs> don't but, call uh, it a comeback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Roll the dice with any of those three. I think Jamal, is probably most likely to stay healthy all year. Um, I feel like, you know, tearing an ACL, getting it repaired um, these days is kind of like, you know, it's doable. Um, I feel like guys who have like lingering back issues or, you know, are just kind of uh, not conditioned very well or just like kind of, uh, you know, had litany of different injuries. Like those are the kind of guys I worry about, but I think Jamal should be, you know, fine. And, And like you're saying, the upside of the nuggets is so high that, he's going to get a lot of notoriety if, if he stays healthy and just does his job. Yeah, for sure. Who do you got for a uh, coach? For coach, I, I picked uh Taylor Jenkins of the Memphis Grizzlies. I think that they are going to push their way toward the top. I, I have him as my number two seed. Um, they had a great year last year. I think they only get better from here um, or, you know, just stay consistent with what they did. Um this award usually, you know, goes to a, a newer coach that hasn't yet received the award or a team that's just like, you know, kind of newly anointed in that way. So I just feel like he was a good, safe choice as far as like somebody who hasn't been handed the tr- <laughs> that award just yet. And uh, 
who will obviously deserve it with uh with what the Grizzlies can put together this year. Yeah, for sure. I I had him too. Uh, that being <laughs> said, you know, if if I were to you know try to pick somebody else, I'm thinking uh, Willie Green from the Pelicans. Um, you know, they're, they they definitely have a talented squad. You know, they're they're young, uh, but yeah, obviously like Zion and like Brandon Ingram, they've both been in the league for several years now, and then they, they do have a talented player like with CJ McCollum. So it's like, yeah, they they have the talent, but then obviously uh, they need a coach that knows what they're doing and. They haven't really been, um, you know, they've always kind of been kind of on the brink of not making the playoffs too. So I feel like if Willie Green, uh, if the Pelicans can make a run and like, you know, go to like a maybe like six six seed or higher or something like that, I think that really uh, can uh, push Willie Green. I think up there more so, especially after yeah the success that I think uh, the Grizzlies had last year. Right? It, it's like okay, we're, this is kind of expected now. So. That's certainly where I think that movement that if the Pelicans can, you know, uh, uh, take things kind of yeah, to the next level there, I think Willie, Willie Green will get a lot of notoriety for that. Got it. Yeah, there are some teams that, you know, I put deeper down into these standings and predictions and stuff just because of anything that could happen, injuries, uh, chemistry, whatever else it could be. But there there are some some scary teams that I have ranked you know, lower in the standings, I could definitely see making a push toward the championship. It just kind of things fall their way, like a Brooklyn, a Toronto, um, you know, perhaps it is Minnesota. You don't know. It's just like, you know, New Orleans. Um, it's just kind of, this year will be really interesting. I guess part of the construction of some of these predictions for players and for, for teams is just like my own sense of security. Like, can I really put my faith into you know, the Clippers to just step out and like go all the way this year. Like, and it's in the realm of their possibilities, but I'm just like really hesitant about that. Yeah. 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 No, there, there's, yeah. The NBA is always fun. And I think this is the, the great part of the season. Right. Um, I mean, Hey, if the, if the Blazers continue on with their, uh, what four and uh tip of record and everything, you know, uh, obviously they're not going to win every single game, but that could be something that that's always where, yeah. Billups. Uh, I think, yeah, he's the head coach over there right now. So, you know, if they can make a run there with uh, with Lillard, um, obviously nobody's expecting them to uh, to really do anything. But yeah, they ha- they do have a star player in Lillard, and Anthony Simmons is you know having a great season. But you know, if they are able to you know sneak their way into the playoffs, I feel like hey, this is a a great um, case then for Billups. Definitely. I, I the only other thought I had uh, for this is the Utah jazz. I feel like um, <laughs> so excited about their future. I mean, they are so set for life at this point, but man, they've got some interesting stuff going on right now. Like they are pretty deep. If you look at them, they're a really deep team. They're, you know, I think stacked with some really interesting, like second or third pieces on a championship team. And then some really like interesting young depth. It's like, yeah, I don't even think Ogbashi's even like cracked the rotation yet. And it's like Walker Kessler's coming off the bench, but you got Colin Sexton, Jordan Clarkson, Laurie's like putting up, you know, buckets at this point. It's just like, it's kind of fun, man. I don't know. Like, could they be like a real scrappy, you know, playing, you know, type contender this year? Like, could it, could it actually spin the opposite way where it was like they were deliberately trying to tank, but then, there's just too much talent and chemistry there. And like guys were, you know, trying to prove the world wrong in a lot of ways. It's just like, it's a fun mix of talent. So we'll see. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing. I feel like with uh, the jazz team right now is just that everybody is a contributor. Right. And, 
you know, sometimes that's that's great. You know, if they're playing great team basketball at the moment, Laurie Markkinen apparently like he's become like an all star essentially here. <laughs> you know, so uh, yeah, it, it'll be interesting if they are able to actually do something here and. That I bet if they they do like make it to the playoffs, Danny Ainge would be like, "What what the hell, guys? Like we traded away <laughs> two of our best players, and this is what you you do to thank me and everything." So, um, but yeah, it'll be fun to watch. Uh, I think if if they make like a Cleveland, uh, um, uh, or like a major league was it like the Cleveland Indians at the time? Now I know the Guardians and everything. If they do something like that, right, it'd be pretty funny. So. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of some of the bowl squads we watched in like the 2010s when you had like Heinrich, Gordon, and Dang. It was like you knew that three wasn't good enough to like go anywhere super special, but they always played like scrappy. They were well coached. They were committed to, you know, the process. They were with each other for a good amount of time. It's like if these guys just kind of move together and then like just add some pieces along the way, like it's the odds are they're going to be probably bad, but. In the same sense, it's just been like kind of fun to watch them come out of the gate and start like throwing haymakers and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I do love uh, was it Colin Sexton and Rudy Gay's uh, you know alternative to uh, uh, was it uh, uh, Darius Garland and and Sexton? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. don't get it, don't get us canceled. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not gonna put a Kanye out there or anything like that. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for yeah. sure. Yeah, um, cool. And then we got we got some football, I think, uh, you know, going on here now. So I think what week eight, uh, I think we just got settled on or is it week seven? Um, so yeah, we're finishing up. We finished up seven, moving into eight. Got it. Yeah. So what were your takeaways for uh, week seven? So week seven, um, I, a takeaway that I have is that the Packers are done as a conference champion contender. I don't want to say this is like they're done, done for the NFC North. Um, but honestly speaking, I just feel like the receiving core that they have, I sat back and I was thinking about it and I was like, who has a better set of receiving weapons, the Chicago bears or the green Bay Packers. And it's really hard. It's really hard for me to like sit there and be like, I wouldn't take the bears weapons over the Packers weapons at this point. And, uh, it's weird because I've done nothing but trash on the bears. And, you know, I think that Darnell Mooney is like a fine, you know, wide receiver three, maybe a two uh, Cole Komet's interesting. Um, don't care about a lot of what else is there right now, but on the Packers side of things, it's just like, you know, injuries aside, it's just like, I haven't seen enough from Christian Watson. Uh, Sammy Watkins is like blah. Uh, Alan Lazard hasn't taken a step. Uh, Randall Cobb is there, but now he's banged up a little bit. It's just like, so I think they got in way over their heads when they thought that, you know, maybe it was a lot of Aaron driving it, but it's just like, yeah, you can get rid of Devontae Adams and Valdez Scantling, and I'm just going to like roll this one back because, you know, I'm A-Raj and I can do this, and you paid me 50 mil a year. And like, it just hasn't been good enough. And like the defense just hasn't been stifling enough. Like they gave up 27 points to the Jets. Like they let Heineke, you know, do his thing, you know, last weekend. And it's just like going into the game, I was like, I wasn't, I wouldn't really be shocked if the commanders beat them at home right now. And uh, they ended up doing it. So um, I, I think that they'll put together a respectable enough season. Um, we'll see where the Vikings go. If like, they're really, really serious, but you know um, I think that the, you know, 
Packers can contend. Maybe they get up to 10 wins this year, but I think they're like a first round exit or, you know, not much further after that. Yeah. They've been playing terrible. I think, uh, you know, they, man, how about those commanders, right? Like beating the bears <laughs> and the Packers too. So really owning up, uh, uh, the NFC North here and everything, but, um, yeah, they, no continuity on offense, uh, defense, not, not, not being able to make plays there. Uh, a lot of teams, they're, I guess they're kind of in the upswing a little bit too, like with the Giants and Jets uh, playing against them and beating them. So you know, that certainly is where it, it just seems like there's a lot of kind of like lost uh, momentum. or There's no momentum whatsoever happening for the Packers at the moment. So um, defense is still kind of there. But, yeah, again, they're not making plays. Not enough plays for that offense that's not really doing too much there um, to, like, overcome. So, um I don't know. Yeah, not not too much. Uh, I think looking good for them. If they can get the run game back, you know, up again to put less pressure off that. But then at the same time, um, I feel like a lot of teams are kind of sensing that, and they're like, "All right, Aaron Rodgers, for like one of the first times in your career, we don't mind you passing." Actually, <laughs> so and that's kind of um, different, I think, for their team identity. So, uh, but yeah, uh, they're going against what the Bills up next. So here, <laughs> so it's not looking too good. Yeah. And he kind of said, like, you know, just wait till Sunday night. Like, maybe this narrative is exactly what we need to get this big victory. Like, I can't see it. Like, I definitely just can't see this. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, good for good for us in that in that sake. Like, maybe that gives the Bears a window to, you know, be mildly competitive this year. Like, maybe. Um, but in any sense, like, if the Packers are just trending down in general, like, that's so good for us long term because – you know, going far to Rogers and just like never stopping, you feel like you never really experienced like a Packers, mm-hmm. you know, setback ever. Uh, and this may be the, you know, after this year, maybe the point where we, we kind of start to get that and that'll be great for us. Yeah. Um, I think that that's one of my takeaways here is now the bears, <laughs> uh, All right. you know, uh, having a great game against Bill Belichick and uh, the Patriots there, uh, even, I got. I felt a little scared when Zappy entered the game, and you know he threw that touchdown. <laughs> uh, it, it was underthrown, whatever, but it was still a touchdown. So I definitely felt scared uh, after that. Uh, made a few other plays. Um, you know, I think the in the the series uh, after that touchdown, but after that, it was kind of like the the defense was like, okay, we got this. Made some plays, some turnovers, uh, and then Justin Fields, man, they utilize his strengths. Go figure, right? Um, like allowing him to run the ball, they designed run uh, uh, run plays for him, uh, and they were able to get first down, move the chains. Like there were a bunch of like three and fives, three and sixes, not getting to those long, uh, like third and fifteens. Uh, I mean, I know the thing that happened a few times in the game. You know, when Fields was kind of just holding on to the ball when he didn't need to. Uh, that's just been the biggest knock on him, I think, at the moment. Um, so, but yeah. I think overall it was a great game, great team win, I think, for the Bears. Uh, and isn't it great, though? Yeah, like uh, if the Packers are going a little bit downhill from here then, and then the Bears are going up, then I think this is a great time uh, to be a Bears fan. Uh, you know, am I optimistic that they're going to win like 10 games maybe this season? I don't know about all that, but, you know, I, I think it's great. You know, sometimes we just need those reminders, right? It's like, yeah, uh, Justin Fields has the potential to become a great quarterback. 
Uh, just need to surround him with some talent. We're going to have $100 million in the offseason, all our picks. You know, I think the previous couple of years, that was never the case. So I think the the future is looking bright, I think, for the Bears. Uh, and if you're a Bears fan, I think yeah, you, you ought to feel excited. Uh, we'll see if he can progress from here, though. Um, and, you know, if they do start winning more games, great. But I, that's I, that's just not something I'm expecting at the moment. So, yeah. Yeah, it was finally time they looked behind center and realized that Shane Matthews, Cade McNown, Josh McCown, Henry Burris, like those guys weren't standing behind there anymore. And it's like you got to cater the offense to the talent that you have. And, uh, yeah, I, I still gonna, I'm going to find it hard to assess him this entire year, ups or downs, without – a legitimate offense around him. That's the biggest thing. And it's like, um, you know, going into the year and where we're at now, I, I love the fact that they, you know, stepped out last night and, you know, they, they established the run uh, with Herbert and Montgomery too. Like that's, that's a really good one two punch, especially with fields. Cause it's kind of like, where are you going with the ball? Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of like a Ravens dynamic. So that's to their advantage. Um, but yeah, I mean, you still need somebody you can have as, is is like, you know, his deep ball pass or his outlet or, you know, a slot guy. And it's just like, I can't trust any of those guys. So um, we'll see where this goes. Um, Big, big win. I mean, to just absolutely, you know, blow up the Patriots in in their, uh, you know, home field. I mean, that was fun to watch. A lot of takeaways on the defensive side with Brisker, Gordon, Um, but, but also kind of confusing for the Patriots because Belichick was quoted as saying like, my plan was that both these guys play. And I'm like, that's just a shitty game plan, man. Like, like, why would you go into a game like I'm going to split reps between these guys? It's like, did he think they were just going to come out and pound, you know, the Bears, and it would just be like a practice session for them or something? Like, I, I hope they think that they have more to play for this year than to just like audition two guys. And kind of, kind of sucks for Mac Jones because he only got like six passes in before he got yanked, and it was like after one interception. And granted, it was it was kind of a a bad one, a soft one, and you know pretty uh good coverage for the bears so it's kind of a bad decision but still i mean i think you just got to pick a pony and ride it until you know the wheels fall off and uh i just i mean if he's gonna play flip-flop you know from here on going out i mean they're gonna they're gonna have a tough year um but big for the bears and uh yeah i guess with my bet with my uh, father-in-law we're both at three wins now for the commanders and bears. <laughs> actually the loser buys the winner a bottle of whiskey still think the commanders are a, a, just a step in front of the bears, but Hey, like we'll see where this goes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you got a bunch of bets with alcohol going on here now. So, uh, yeah, good on you, man. So yeah, the bourbon, uh, the bourbon, I actually like uh, it's the Malort that I'm just, I'm just kind of <laughs> softly Dutch here. So like, hopefully the Astros do what I say they're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Well, who's your next tech? Uh, what's your next uh, takeaway here? We're staying in the NFC North. I am just super disappointed in the Lions. I just feel bad for them. I really liked Hard Knocks. I like uh, Dan Campbell. I like what Jared Goff was putting together going into the year. Had a lot of momentum with, you know, uh, you know first round fantasy pick and DeAndre Swift, Amon Ross St. Brown coming back and really showing out, you know, early on. And, uh, you know, St. Brown went out with a concussion. Swift didn't play. Um, and the lions, you know, again, got trounced, uh, 24, six by the Cowboys. Um, their defense is last in the league in points allowed and in yards allowed. I mean, that says enough. Uh, they just can't stop offenses from scoring. I mean, they're just so thin. Um, I, I would say outside of like Aiden Hutchinson, 
Um, he kind of it's like a who's who at every position. I think Rodrigo at linebacker, Malcolm Rodriguez has had a good year in output for tackles, but uh, yeah, they're, they're just going to need some time to beef up that, that side of the ball. But uh, you know, they're fourth in the league in total offense. I mean, cheers to them. I'm like just hats off to them for like step, you know, stepping out and doing that with the injuries they've had so far to start the year. Um, you know, truly, you know, they are a threat to the bears and, and like what we want to see the bears accomplish, but I'm just, you know, a, a, a team that's been like a perennial doormat. I just wanted them to have, you know, just a more competitive season. It's kind of like what the Jaguars are doing right now in Jacksonville. It's kind of disappointing to not see them take their own steps. So, uh, I guess with that, I just wanted to say like, you know, Detroit Lions fans, we all feel for you here, you know, in Chicago and uh, the DC area respectively. I wish you guys were having a better year. Uh, you know, if you guys ever come close to us in the standings, we're going to take you down. But, uh, you know, just just wanting Detroit to have some, you know, success out there. That's all I'm saying. I, I'm totally okay with them not having success. I'm totally okay <laughs> with them. But, yeah, you know, Dan Campbell, like, yeah, he seems like a great coach, great guy and all that. So maybe I do want them to win a couple games. But, yeah, I'm totally fine. You know, yeah, they, they can lose. How many games, whatever they want, just lose as many games as you want. So. <laughs> Sounds good. What's your next takeaway? Uh, what do I got here? Um, I think uh, I'm looking at the Raiders. Actually, I think the Raiders will overtake the Chargers in the AFC West. Uh, I think um, I believe the Raiders. I think they're two and four, and then the Chargers are four and three, or something like that. So um, I, I just see a lot more momentum. I think going with the Raiders right now. Uh, they finally figured out that. Brandon Jacobs can run the ball like pretty damn well. Like he runs Ferris and he, or Josh. Josh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brandon, Brandon, yeah, he, yeah, Brandon yeah, Jacobs is awesome. Yeah, a little throwback <laughs> there and everything. Yeah, with Tiki Barber and all. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh Josh Jacobs, uh he's uh had like three hell of a games, I think, consecutively now. And you know, they figured out like, hey, maybe we gotta like, you know, have him kind of as a central focus and then yeah, utilize Derek Carr, you know, after that. Um uh, you know, with Devontae and, and then the rest of the receiver core, especially with Waller out a little bit, I think he's going to be uh, coming back this this next upcoming game. But, you know, the Chargers, uh, they, they're getting really banged up right now. Um, lost J.C. Jackson for the season. Uh, looks like Mike Williams will be out for a couple weeks. And, you know, Keenan Allen's kind of been up and down. He's been injured, you know, injured in, in and out of the lineup uh, in, to kind of start the season. Joey Bosa looks like he's going to be out for some time. Uh, Rashawn Slater, the left tackle, looks like he's going to be out for some time. Uh, so, and the Raiders looks like they have a pretty favorable schedule. I think uh, you know, in, in the next, you know, uh, uh, for the basically the next half of the season. So, I think going forth, like it, it's it's looking pretty good. I think for the Raiders, um, you know, had had some pretty you know a couple of decent wins here and there. So, even though they're two and four, I feel like. There's a lot of things, uh, you know, potentially be excited about um, for the Raiders. Yeah, I, I mean, the fact that uh, Josh Jacobs now, I think, is like, what is he, top five in, like, fantasy production? Or maybe it's, uh, you know, as an overall, you know, running back right now. I mean, he's got to be, you know, in the top five in specific categories uh, at the position. And that's the one thing that's super surprising because I think that, you know, going into the year, the Raiders O-line was a huge point of concern, you know, would Carr, you know, have enough time to, 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 you know, get the ball out to some of his big weapons. And it's, you know, what kind of, you know, running game would they, you know, possibly establish by that kind of line. And 
somehow, some way that's working. And if you've got Josh Jacobs, you know, putting up the the numbers that he is, and then you can, you know, bank it off to uh, Devontae Adams or Renfro or Waller. I mean, on the offensive side of the ball, they're good. Um, defensively, I think they still rank like in the bottom 10 of the league and yardage allowed and stuff. So they're going to play in a lot of shootouts. Um, the Broncos look like crap too in that division. So like that's going to work to their advantage. Like you're saying, I know they, I think they still sit at like two and four, but uh, if things you know happen to go south of the chargers quickly, um, you know, maybe they could, uh, you know, turn things around enough to, to look at a playoff berth or something like that. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, definitely encouraging over the last couple of games. So we'll see where it goes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. They got, um, the Saints, Jaguars, uh, Colts, and then Broncos, uh, for, for the next couple of games there. So, um, yeah, it, it and to your point, if they're running the ball, then that usually helps up the defense a little bit for the rest. And, uh, with Max Crosby being a playmaker, they're still, you know, healthy. Like, uh, yeah, I, I think that's I think that's the best way that for them to advance thing going forward. So, yeah. Um, on my end, uh, just my last take: uh, the Bengals just look like they've gotten a, a new shot of uh, life in them. Just kind of the last few games, especially. But Joe Burrow passing for uh, 481 yards. He had a 138. Uh, QB rating last weekend, three touchdowns, no interceptions. And it was Boyd, Chase, and Higgins all, you know, eight. It's just like they just absolutely came out, fired away. Um, you know, they move up to four and three. Uh, I think they're knotted up with the Ravens uh, toward the top of the division there. Browns and Steelers are obviously looking like they're they're trailing off in this race uh, pretty quickly. So, you know, we'll we'll see where this uh, like takes them. You know, moving forward, but I feel like they're they, they've shaken off some of the rust or some of the hangover from the Super Bowl, and they're starting to just get back to you know what what they do best. And you know, Mixon's involved in that running game. Um, they've got the weapons there for you know the guy under center, all the weapons there. Um, and they they've been there before. They've been to the mountaintop. They came up short. They were very close last year. Um, We'll just see where it goes. The AFC is obviously outdoing the NFC at this point um, at the top, but I think the Bengals have uh, a solid chance here to uh, to make a serious uh, run at it again uh, in 2023. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, th- that wide receiver core is just so damn talented, right? You know, uh, I think they, early on in the season, they, they were figuring out their new identity. They had a lot of you know, new faces on the offensive line, so – Hey, now it seems like uh, they're putting things together. A lot of teams are, you know, I think that's what we're seeing uh, overall, right? So whether it be the Raiders trying to figure out, let's run the ball to Josh Jacobs to, you know, hey, let's let's actually utilize uh, Joe Mixon a little bit, get the confidence and the rhythm of the offensive line uh, set up, and then, yeah, use uh, Joe, Joe Burrow, uh, you know, to pass it to those three major wideouts there. So, um, you know, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of momentum for them going forth, and, you you look at that division too. You know there there was a lot of talks that that was one of the best divisions. But you know if you look at the Ravens, they've been playing up and down. So like this is definitely a winnable uh, division for them. Uh, Browns have not uh, played have not showed up or played played to their potential. Um, you know they maybe they maybe they do kind of need that Deshaun Watson a little bit there. Uh, but yeah, they just haven't been playing that well of late. So um, I think there's just a lot of momentum thing going for the Bengals right now. So yeah. I mean, top eight in points allowed on the defensive side to top 11 in uh, total yards allowed. So it's just like th- that defense can keep them in games, 
there there are not many other offenses in this league that are as you know mm-hmm. dangerous as the Bengals you know is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they got one of my favorite uh, D-backs from uh, uh, college, Cam Taylor Britt. Uh, he's finally listening. he's <laughs> has three registered uh, I think tackles here. So um, I haven't checked any of the highlights, but yeah, really liked what I saw him coming out of college there. So cool. Um, and I guess I'll round it off here. Uh, so I, I am. I, well, yeah, the Jets, right? My Jets. Ah, so a lot of positives, a lot of negatives. So this is kind of like a balanced kind of takeaway, but I feel like I've talked about them the past couple of weeks. So might as well keep the momentum going up on here. Um, you know, they are, they did have like a win and everything, uh, but it sounds, it looks like there's going to be some hard times. I think looking in the future a little bit, like their schedule looks like it's going to get harder. Uh, looks like they, they got the Vikings, the Bills, uh, I think twice here. And the Pats uh, as well, you know, who knows about their quarterback controversy for the Pats, but, you know, anybody knows anything about Bill Belichick, it's it's always hard uh, to, to – he always kind of likes takes a pleasure of beating the Jets, right? So um, – and then, yeah, they lost uh, Vera Tucker and then Brees Hall. So there's a – you know, they, they did, I think, trade for James Robinson, um, you know, to, to kind of sh- uh, uh, reinforce their, their backfield a little bit there. But, um, you know, yeah – Going against those top teams, though, having that Brees Hall as a, kind of an X factor there and, you know, losing one of your starting offensive linemen, uh, that's going to be tough. So, uh, you know, great that they, that you know, they're, they are in a position where they are right now, but it is going to, I feel like it's going to be kind of hard. Uh, you know, they, the, I'm anticipating they might have a losing record, I think, at, uh, going from here on out. So, yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I Michael Carter and James Robinson, like, splitting the work behind, you know, what the offense is going to, you know, put its money behind. It's, it's going to be a little bit tough. I mean, Michael Carter seems to never really gain the trust of the team. I feel like he was splitting time with Ty Johnson, you know, kind of lost his, his looks there. And, you know, right, right when Brees Hall goes down, they, they go ahead and go out and trade for James Robinson, who, you know, came out to a hot start, but I think, you know, a lot of people said he's lost you know, a lot of bursts because of the Achilles and, you know, fell out of favor in, in Jacksonville pretty quick and, you know, ETN was right there. So they were like, all right, well, now we want to officially give this guy the job and, you know, thank you for your services. So um, I think it'll help bolster, you know, what would have been a pretty uh, empty backfield behind Carter. Um, let's just hope they keep it, you know, keep the team camaraderie going because, you know, Brees Hall, like going down was just such a huge deflator for for everybody who just likes football. And, uh, you know, just to see a Jets team that's been in the cellar for a while kind of step out and, you know, start to make, you know, a turnaround for their franchise. It's just a, you know, huge gut punch for them. And, uh, you know, hopefully they can just stay competitive the rest of the way. Yeah. And I mean, that defense, they, they have some playmakers there, uh, you know, sauce Garner, like rookie of the year. Like he's, he's definitely, you know, I think one of my favorite players, uh, you know, in this rookie draft class here. So um, a lot of solid players overall on the, on the defensive side. So I think that, that, that always probably keep them in games. It's just like, are you going to rely on Zach Wilson to, to help win you games here? They've been kind of avoiding that, you know? So, uh, so it, we'll see if he can get, you know, uh, develop a relationship more so with Wilson, Garrett w- uh, Wilson, um, the rookie, uh, you know, if Elijah Moore is like, Hey, <laughs> pass me the ball. Now I know he wanted, he, he kind of opened up trade talks there. So, Hey, now's a good time for them to actually utilize him more. So now, um, instead of just as a blocker, <laughs> So yeah, Zach Wilson will have to step up here, but you know, I've seen some good things from him. 
I think in the recent couple weeks, but obviously he's just not passing the ball as much as some other ones. So this time around, I feel like he, uh, some of these teams are just going to pressure uh, him to do so. And yeah, they're not going to let uh, James Robinson or Michael Carter beat him. So, yeah. Yeah. If I was Robert Sala, I would definitely start pushing the pass a little bit more because mm-hmm. without Brees Hall, like what are your true prospects for this year? Like, yeah. What is your true upside as a team? Like I would just, I mean, yeah, if you're vying for a playoff berth, that's one thing, but uh, you know, in the same sense, I feel like you've got to develop Zach, you got to develop, you know, confidence and you got to see like, can he be a great quarterback in this league? Or are you just going to try to, you know, push him more towards game manager right out of the gate and kind of keep it there. Cause you want to, you know, be the 49ers of, uh, of the East. I, I just don't know. I, I just think I would take a lot of risks uh, this year and just see what I, I truly have with, with Zach and then all of those weapons uh, that have been underutilized at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they do have a lot of young, uh, fast weapons out there. You know, we, we already talked about them. So yeah, just get the ball in their hands. Hopefully they make plays, you know, whether it be, you know, shorter routes, screen passes, et cetera. Like, you know, they definitely have had a lot of fun, like with some, uh, you know, end round or yeah, like some, um, um, uh, like reverse wide receiver reversals and things like that. So they are getting the balls in, the the ball into the hands of the playmakers. I think, yeah, just opening it up uh, apart from Brees Hall a little bit. Um, you know, getting Garrett Wilson involved too and Elijah Moore. I think there's probably going to be more reliance on on them. And then, yeah, obviously Corey Davis too. So, yeah, for sure. Um, well, I guess with that, that was week seven. Um. Our takeaways for tonight from from baseball, from basketball, and from football. Uh, Wayne, if you want, we can close it out here. Did you have a, a final thought at all? Um, I think my my only thought is that uh, you know I've always been thinking. I always think about like burritos and tacos and, and everything. So uh, I just want to say no no agenda here whatsoever. That uh, lingua uh, tacos best thing ever. So yeah. Any anywhere in specific that you've gotten those from? Um, well, one of my favorite ones, kind of sentimental, is actually in Seattle. Actually, it, yeah, it's there. There's one uh, uh, lingua taco spot next to a Shell gas station. I forget the name. I'll you know I'll, I'll probably provide it in the links. Uh, you know, in whatever description uh, uh, on any uh, YouTube or, or Spotify, etc. But um, yeah, it's like this awesome kind of a hole in the wall type of place, it, it, like next to a a shell gas station and you know it's really good because uh all the workers uh go there you know for their lunch breaks so definitely uh enjoy uh, a good uh lingua taco and burrito that sounds good i think for me um i'm so curious about who the white Sox are gonna hire as their next manager um i think there were some false reports this weekend <laughs> sports illustrated i'm calling your asses out uh <laughs> put out there that joe espada was going to be named our manager. And I was like really excited about it because it just signaled a bit of change from a, from a franchise. It's like a little bit stuck in its ways with hiring X players and stuff and all that. And, you know, being, you know, really anti analytics. Uh, so Joe would have, you know, not that I know that Joe's like bringing over this master of a mind, but you know, he's from an organization that's housed, you know, AJ Hinch, uh, Dusty Baker, a complete buzzer system that, you know, just worked wonders for the Astros in 2017. Um, you know, there were a lot of things that I thought Joe could have brought over. I mean, he speaks, you know, Spanish. Uh, he's younger. I just kind of felt like this was the kind of guy, you know, we could have in our clubhouse that really changed like perspectives and, uh, 
you know, bring some new energy to, you know, the executive staff to ownership, just, just injecting some new, you know, fresh ideas. So that didn't actually work its way through. Um, quickly after, you know, seeing that report, there was another report that, Hey, Ozzy Gian got, got an interview. And I was just like, you know, like, is this, uh, you know, I don't know, is this the twilight zone or, you know, my, am am actually in my own reality right now? Like if Ozzy Gian is hired as the White Sox manager, um, I don't know, man. I, I just like feel like we should just give up on this, on this run, <laughs> but you know, all kidding aside, like, can he manage a baseball team? Like, yeah, I think he can, but, um, is this the best hire for us in terms of like adapting to 21st century baseball and like trying to, you know, trying to improve, trying to get better as an organization, trying to, you know, think the way that, you know, championship clubs and playoff contenders these days are thinking. I mean, there's, there's no, like, it's no surprise that every year the Rays, the Dodgers, you know, it seems like the Astros nowadays, even teams like the Brewers and Indians are finding their way, you know, into the playoff mix with, you know, marginal talent sometimes. And it's like, you know, apart from the, you know, Dodgers and Astros, but it's like, what the hell? Like, what are they drinking? What are they doing? Like, don't you want to know? And uh, you you hire Ozzie Guillen, maybe he's a good, like, motivator, but in the same sense, like, he's not going to bring, like, just, just insights. I feel like that you need to, like, reform, you know, kind of a stale organization. Yeah, no, I, I got excited about Joe Espada. And hey, you know, if maybe that is like one thing, if there is like a, a report that uh, the White Sox are going to get uh, Joe Espada and then, you know, the, the Astros go undefeated for the rest of the playoffs and everything, then bring him on, bring him on, I feel like, right? Like, you know, you, you kind of want that. So, um, but yeah, uh, I'm excited to see who the White Sox get and should be fun. It should it should be interesting, I should say. Maybe not as fun, but it should be interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um definitely excited about off-season um, you know, signings and, you know, trades, anything else that can come from our team, but uh yeah, at this point I'm kind of like just anxiously checking MLB trade rumors every, you know, few seconds or whatever throughout the day just kind of like reloading, refreshing just to see if something will pop, but uh I'll hold my breath until then. Um I have no other thoughts. Uh, Wayne, Wayne, did you have anything else? Well, I think that's pretty much it. Um, but, you know, I know it's kind of entering voting season and everything. So, uh, you know, make sure you're all registered and uh, you know, get out there and vote. So no doubt. All right. Well, with that, um, this has been the Ball and Breakfast podcast uh, with Wayne and Patrick uh, signing off.